Hello, and welcome to the Amanda Reed Podcast. I am your host and teaching cheerleader, Amanda. I am a former teacher, Indiana-based, and now live in Savannah, Georgia, helping teachers start an online business who wish to gain time and financial freedom. Tune in every week as I chat about all things teacher-related, creating healthy habits while still teaching, what to do if you are burnt out, and what and how to turn to when you are ready to walk away from the profession. My goal is to guide you to living your best life. Now, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Amanda Reed Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Penny, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But I think, teachers, you are going to get a an amazing amount of value out of our conversation today. Um, it is one that um, is super duper important if you're still teaching, as well as if you've left the classroom, um, became an entrepreneur, or you know transitioning into the corporate world. It's going to be all about boundaries today, so I'm excited. All right, let's introduce our guest. Penny is a fantastic entrepreneur and high-performance coach. She helps mompreneurs achieve their dreams while balancing the demands of motherhood. A soon-to-be mother of three and an ex-international athlete, Penny is an advocate for emotional understanding and self-awareness as the answers to a work-life balance as a mom and an entrepreneur. So welcome, Penny. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks, Amanda, so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to your audience of teachers. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, let's get rolling. Yeah, let's just dive right in. Um, Penny, can you tell the listeners just a little bit about you and your background? Of course. So um, I actually started, my studies and my education are actually in psychology mainly. Um, and I went on to study behavior analysis and facial expressions. That's where my speciality comes in. And I was really focused for a long time on um, investigative interviewing and um, detecting deceit and lies within people. And I wanted to go into forensic psychology um, and yeah, it was a, it was an absolute whirlwind of, of education. Since then, I have actually met my now husband and we moved to northern Norway. So I'm originally from England and we now live in northern Norway. And when I arrived there, I arrived um, in a different country. I didn't have any family, any friends, any anything. And I needed a job. So <laughs> unfortunately... Forensic psychology is not very big in Northern Norway. <laughs> so I ended up getting whatever job I could. And I ended up working in an absolutely lovely little bakery um, in the town. I then moved on to working within a dent dental practice, uh, which is <laughs> very far from my education. But from there and from being um, in jobs where my passion was missing, you know, even if I enjoyed the people and, and the systems, my passion was just not there. So from there, I decided to break away and start my own thing. Um, the joys of the internet these days allow that to happen. Absolutely. So I created my own company and that's where um, Emosense was born. And Emosense was um, or is a company based around making sense of your emotions. Okay. So I realized yeah. that emotional intelligence was where my uh, expertise were. And I really feel that 
if people, this is anybody, not just teachers, not just mompreneurs, not just entrepreneurs, but um, everybody can benefit from a little bit more emotional intelligence. And if we can just sure. understand what's going on and figure it out in our own minds and get some organization around it, we can get so much more out of our days, our weeks, our months, our businesses, our families, etc. So I started Emosense and um, it's going very well. That's amazing. Yeah, that is so important, especially what the last couple of years of our lives, right? All of us, um, you know, have struggled with that emotional connection and that human connection that we all need. So yeah, important work for sure. Yeah. Um, All right. So you've talked a little bit about your business. So we have an idea about what you do and what your area of expertise is. And um, this is another cool connection. Penny and I, you know, we've met online, of course, and um, we could probably sit here all day and have a conversation. (laughs) I would love that. Let's do that. (laughs) But I know listeners, we, you know, we, you've got time, time is precious, right? Um, And boundaries is such a huge, um, especially in the teaching field. It's, it's, so overlooked and it's so easy. I mean, just myself coming from the classroom a couple short years ago, it's just so easy to overlook them and think that we don't need them. Um, and, you know, just operate and pour into everybody, pour into everybody, but not ourselves. So, um, Penny's going to give us a lot of insight on boundaries and we're going to start right here with the basics. Where do boundaries come from? What are boundaries? So let's start there. I think it's really good that we had that conversation and we ended up talking about boundaries so organically and so easily for a start. I mean, it's just something that comes up with everybody trying to work on their work-life balance, especially. Um, But just anything, you know, like you said, we don't leave enough time for ourselves and we don't uh, we don't go there. So this conversation tends to tends to overspill from from a lot from entrepreneurs and people that are working on or trying to transition, I think. Um, Amanda, I know you work a lot with teachers that are trying to transition from one job and then start by themselves. And I think setting boundaries early on and, and using them are, uh, is very important. But to answer your question about where boundaries come from, um, in my experience, boundaries are really a foundation of self-awareness in its most basic form. Um, Without the self-awareness of what our core values, our belief systems, our um, what it is that we want and who we are as an authentic self, mm-hmm. without that knowledge and without that self-awareness, your boundaries become, um, well, non-existent sometimes, inconsistent yeah. a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And we, we try our best to set them. But if you don't have that self-awareness originally, and if you don't set up that solid foundation for your boundaries, then then it just doesn't seem to work. Um, so yeah, I, I really believe that boundaries really come from that self-awareness of understanding what your core values are. And it can be really difficult to find those out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can think about it now, if you're listening to this podcast, do you actually know what your top five core values are? Is that something that you're aware of? Can you come up with them now? Would you need help? Would you have to actively think about it or would it come very naturally to you? For some people, understanding themselves is a very easy um, 
kind of fun task to do, you know, we can think about it and get to know ourselves, but for other people that's really difficult and sitting by yourself trying to get to know yourself can be very intimidating and overwhelming. Yes, especially, you know, I'm just thinking back to when I was actually in the field and it is so incredibly hard and I know teachers can relate to this. It's just so hard when you've been operating on this lack mindset and you kind of like have lost your identity almost of who you really are. So thinking about your core values and thinking about yourself, really, I mean, it's very difficult and it can take some time. So I would suspect that, you know, this is an absolute vital question for teachers, especially. And I would assume that they would need time to think about this, as did I. Um, It just, you know, it just didn't come right away to me. And those core values, my goodness, they are so important and, you know, driving factor, not just in teaching or as an entrepreneur, but in all areas of life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think those core values as well allow you to communicate those boundaries in a different way as well. Um, I'm, I think we'll go on to some communication a little bit later, but um, by understanding who you are, your core values and your intentions behind your behavior, I mean, effectively, when we when we set boundaries, it allows us, I said, to, to be our true selves and, and understanding why you behave the way you behave can give you a lot more space to just be who you are rather than... yeah. yeah. Get yourself struggling and and you know i'm sure everybody can think of their own examples but you know being a teacher you have lots of people relying on you all the time you know even if you don't have kids in a family waiting at home you know just just in your job there are people that really rely on you you're having an impact on these people and the kids and the adults or whoever it is you're teaching on a daily basis on an hourly basis and right, i think yeah with healthy boundaries that can be really um, rewarding mm-hmm. with unhealthy boundaries unfortunately it just dries out the well a little bit and then it's not sustainable and um, yeah, that's when you reach things like overwhelm and burnout yeah and I think that's that's where we are that's where we are right now and the reality is is you know teachers are there they're they're needing to leave they're needing something different something refreshing so let's let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about the difference between healthy and unhealthy boundaries. Absolutely. Well, healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries, I think can be quite hard to define. And it's an unpopular opinion, maybe, you know, there are people out there that say, no, 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 no. It's so easy to think if it's it's an unhealthy or a healthy one. And boundaries can become very, um, I don't know, they become very big and formal and this thing that you have to set and you have to write them out and and do all this. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, finding what your boundaries are can be fun. It can be easy. It can be very lighthearted. And yes, you have to go a little bit deeper to find out, you know, what your triggers are and and when those boundaries don't work. But, you know, the idea of it should be exciting. Um, So that's, I think, the first step to understanding healthy and unhealthy boundaries. If if finding out what your boundaries are is all very... um, an intimidating thought, Mm -hmm. then already something isn't quite right with the mindset there and the emotions behind why that might be. So maybe there's a little bit of more in-depth work to be done there. But if finding out what what your boundaries are, um, establishing whether they're healthy or unhealthy, excites you and makes you think, oh, do you know what? You know, I really could do with this. And it's going to, you know, that's already step one 
you're you're on the road to do that. So that's already a very healthy feeling, I think. Um, I have kind of a guideline that I use when when I'm talking about healthy and unhealthy boundaries, and it's kind of bullet pointed, but but effectively healthy boundaries they they're they should feel like a protection mm-hmm. you know it's it should feel like it's protecting you whatever it is it's protecting your space it's protecting your time it could be protecting um you know if somebody at work asks you to do something that you're not morally okay with it protects your moral compass it protects your personality and your character so if it feels that. like Sorry, that's a clear um, description. Like that's very cut and dry, clear. So I love that you said that. Yeah, it's a good it's a good way to do it. And and trust your gut. I mean, we 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 fight our gut a lot, especially when there's controversy around subjects, which teachers at the moment are absolutely inundated with controversial subjects of how we should be teaching young kids things and the new thought process behind all sorts i don't think we should go into all of that today but the <laughs> idea is a whole nother day of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely but but the idea being is there's always something to think about there's always another side to the argument so your boundaries really should feel like they protect you right right from the start mm-hmm. um they protect your relationships as well that's also very important to remember if you're setting boundaries with your children or your partner at home you know they should protect those relationships and and yes it can feel like friction at the start you know boundaries especially if you're new to setting boundaries mm-hmm. it can cause mm-hmm. a bit of friction but ultimately in the long term it should protect those relationships and if it's feeling like it's protecting it then it's probably a healthy boundary if it feels like you're not protecting yourself mm-hmm. your time your space your relationships your friendships then it's probably an unhealthy boundary um yeah, if you're making decisions based on the opinions of other people, that's definitely one of the big red flags for um, potentially an unhealthy boundary. Um, you know, the other one that I talk about a lot is um, your expectations of other people. Oh, yeah. And if you're setting a boundary with an expectation of somebody else, mm-hmm. it's possibly an unhealthy boundary. And that's important to think about. If, if setting your boundary relies on the behavior of somebody else, it's possibly an unhealthy boundary. Your boundaries really should be internally based and very much focused on your own behavior, your own thoughts, feelings, emotions, um, right. and your own self. And that's one of the other indicators, I think, of a healthy boundary. If you're learning something about yourself by putting this boundary in place, it's also probably healthy. You know, boundaries don't, they're, they're a dynamic concept. It's not a, it's not a static thing they change they adapt they move you know from person to person but also within just one person if they're in a different situation their boundaries change if they're in a different phase in their life women if you're listening to this your monthly cycle your boundaries are going to change dramatically in that month right Um, so it's a real dynamic concept and if you can get your head around that aspect that it's dynamic Mm -hmm. and it's ongoing and to just make sure you're feeling like it's protecting you, then I think, uh, I think you're on track for a lot of healthy boundaries there. Those are three really great points. So I'm going to share this um, because the listeners, I think they might resonate with this, but just, just to talk about the difference between healthy and unhealthy coming directly from a teacher who was in the field. So this is going to sound crazy, but <laughs> listen for a second. Okay. <laughs> 
So at the beginning of teaching, right? I, you know, you've got that excitement, you're getting your first class, you're, you know, you're teaching, you've got this degree, and now you're in charge of these kids in this class. And I experienced at the beginning, especially um, of my career, that I had very unhealthy boundaries. Like I would spend my weekends, my evenings um, at the school doing work, you know, prepping things, um, copying, you know, all, all the things, all the teacher things, right? And it wasn't until probably, oh, I don't know, two or three years before um, I actually left the field that I started to really appreciate the whole boundary aspect. And I'm telling you, teachers, if you don't have these, you know, boundaries in place right now, you're going to run yourself dry. And by the end, I was able to, you know, kind of let go of the perfectionism that I think was the underlying root cause of why I was letting myself go to those unhealthy boundaries. Um, but then, you know, before I left, I started leaving at contract time. You know, I would make sure that I left the things at school and not take things home. And, you know, as crazy as it sounds, like people or teachers, some teachers, you know, they they judge others by, oh my gosh, she's leaving at contract time. And you know what? I just want to say that at, that is actually a healthy thing to do for your sake and your family. And, you know, looking back, I, I missed out on a lot of family time because I either, you know, just didn't have a boundaries perspective or I let perfectionism take over and then, you know, overstep those healthy, healthy boundaries. But, um, teachers, I know, you know, it's hard to set boundaries, but it is absolutely vital, especially if you're still loving where you are and you're staying in the classroom, um, even in your home, um, whatever it is, if you're transitioning, healthy boundaries are so important. Yeah, I think that's a really good, uh, a good intake, actually, Amanda. And I think, I think this, re this relates to teachers nearly a little more strongly, because I feel that if you, if you imagine somebody that works in an office and they do their own job and they go home, you know, it's them and their boss that is they're in contact with. Yes, right. I really think the more people that are looking at you for something, the more chances you have to cross over on your boundaries. But this is when it goes back to just knowing what your core values are. Because if you, if you are somebody that in your top five core values, you have work ethic, that's going to be a hard boundary to, to um, balance with another top five value, which might be family time. You know, if those those two boundaries are inherently conflicting in the society and the culture that we often live and work in. Yep. So if you have two inherently conflicting top values, then you have to do the active work to make sure that each one is getting what it needs. And if you take something, if you take time from one mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. something else, then you have to decide for yourself whether, OK, I need to give that time back or, you know, this time it's OK or it's not or, you know, how that how that goes. But that decision and those decisions take time, sure. practice. Um, I'm yet to meet anybody that can do that naturally. <laughs> Normally the people that uh, are good at that will always tell you they're still learning. 
And they're normally the ones that have already accepted the fact that you have to learn it. It's a learnable skill. This is not something that is innate to us. Um, we're not born with the, <laughs> the characteristics to juggling two internal conflicts about a societal problem with our top values. You know, this doesn't right. work. So you have to put in some time and effort. But um, yeah, I totally agree. I think if you can set those boundaries, you're going to find yourself not being at work thinking I should be at home and not being at home thinking I should be at work. And, right. you know, you can really separate those two. Yes, yes. And another hard part for me was, you know, when you you've left teaching, right? It's a totally different world when you're at home being an entrepreneur and running your own business. So, you know, those healthy and unhealthy boundaries again, come into play. And it was tricky for me. I mean, it's, it's still a learning curve for sure. I'm not going to lie and say it's easy because it's definitely not, but protecting that time again, you know, working from home, you could get lost and keep working and, you know, you have that family time or that time for yourself, even if you don't have that family. But again, um, still yeah, I think that the, the important thing to remember is that if you take time or energy out of something, it has to come from somewhere. You know, okay. if you're going to put extra time or extra energy into your work, if you're going to stay late, if you're going to be with your family, whatever it is, mm -hmm. if you're going to put extra time or energy into something, it has to come from somewhere else. So I think understanding that and Actually, something that might be useful for your uh, for your listeners, Amanda, this is something I teach. Um, sometimes shifting your mindset from time to energy helps. Okay. So if you are somebody that is consistently kind of giving everybody everything and you're running around, you've got your hair on fire and you're you're really working hard and somebody comes to you and says, oh, Amanda, could you please just help me with this, you know, report writing or grading system or something? And you're sitting there thinking, oh, do you know what? I do have the time today. I should, maybe I should do it. I, I could make it work if I just move some things around. What I teach is to, instead of think about how much time you have left of your day or your week uh -huh. and how much time this is going to take, I encourage people to think about the energy you have left and the energy that it's going to take. Ooh. So I talk a lot about understanding what your current energy level is. As you sit uh -huh. here, somebody's uh -huh. asked you to do something. What is your current energy level now? You know, do a percentage, do it out of 10, whatever you relate to. Yeah, yeah. And then think, okay, how much energy is this job going to take? Well, actually, it's a really easy job to do. I can do it in my sleep, but I will have to stay up late to do it. So I might be tired tomorrow. And tomorrow I have that really important meeting that I want to be switched on for. Okay, so I might not actually have the energy. I have the time, but the energy aspect of this job is going to take more. Maybe it takes energy to go home and say to your partner, hey, I need some help with the kids because somebody's asked me to do this and I can make it work. Is it worth their energy expenditure? You know, what, what sort of energy levels are they running at? What about the kids? You know, where does that energy come from from you to then do that job? So the equation is pretty simple. What's your current energy level minus the energy that it's going to take to move things around, sort out this job, actually do the job? Do you have enough? And that answer will protect you and your boundaries much better than whether or not you have the time. Ooh, I love that. That's a really, really good point. I mean, yeah, try it. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, it, does, it does get a lot of impact. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're all just running, running like chickens with our heads cut off. And just to stop and think about that energy piece, that's critical. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> if you have kids, you know, I mean, 
sometimes you say yes to a job because you have the time to do it, but the time that it takes to do a job doesn't change if your kids have been up throwing up all night and you know keeping you up every hour. Mm-hmm. But the energy required to do that job is going to feel like a lot more if you have been up every hour with your kids that night and it's been difficult. Maybe you just don't have the energy to do it. Yeah, really good point. Yeah. Ooh, listeners, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good one. All right, so I think... Penny, the other really important piece is the whole communication of these boundaries. And can you tell us a little bit about how we can do that? Because it, it would it would impact, obviously, the people we're around, our family, um, coworkers. Um, you know, if we're entrepreneurs, it affects our collaborations or our networking. Um, yeah, yeah co- communicating boundaries is um, an element of of boundary setting, if you like, that is often forgotten a lot of the time when people try to do this by themselves. So, you know, they'll listen to a podcast like this, or they'll find some information on the internet and they'll say, you know what, I'm going to set myself some boundaries. And off they go, they go to have a look at their core values. They might even figure them out. They might be in a really good place to set some boundaries. They might set their boundaries in their head. And then all of a sudden (laughs) something crosses those boundaries and you don't know what to do. And I think communication to other people can feel, I don't know how to put that, but it feels a little bit, you know, dorky. It feels a little bit like, oh, my boundary, you're crossing my boundary. You know, it feels, you don't want to say that. You don't want to be that person at work or that person in the family that that says that. So it comes with a lot of uh, emotion and a lot of feelings. And um, yeah, so the first thing for, for me, for communicating boundaries is to understand the basics of communication in the first place. And if you are communicating anything with any form of emotion or to anybody, to any colleagues or friends or kids or anything, um, you have to be clear and specific. It, it has to be um, the four points I have off the top of my head are clear, clear, specific, firm and direct. Oh, yeah. That's so they're good. kind of all the same thing, but pick a word that you relate to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is, right. like I said, any communication, if you're trying to get a point across, and you're ambiguous and you don't say exactly what you're thinking and you use too many words and you jumble up and things like that, you're not going to get what you want. That is not a good way, a good place to come from uh, to communicate your boundaries. So my advice when you're trying to communicate your boundaries, first, rehearse it at home. And I know, I know that sounds ridiculous. I know it's absolutely crazy to stand in front of the mirror and say your boundary to yourself. And it doesn't have to be quite that formal. Don't get me right. wrong. Right. But it does but just work. Having- Yeah. And just having a few sentences in your mind as to, okay, you know, if this happens, I know this person, I know what they're like. And I know if I try and set this boundary, they're going to come right in there with this sentence. Okay, what could I say? You know, we all know the people we're surrounded by. Rarely, rarely are our boundaries massively crossed by strangers. When they are, that's a completely different communication technique anyway. So, you know, practice those sentences. And, um, you know, if you're interested, I definitely have a list of things that you can practice. But it's things like, um, you know, let's say somebody has asked you to do something at work and it's going to cross your energy boundary, let's say. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about whether to do it. You are quite okay to say, um, absolutely, I'd love to help you with this, but I just need a little time to, to, to see if it's going to fit in my schedule. So let me give you a call back in tomorrow or when do you need to know by. Give them a time and a date clear and specific. It's not a yes, you know, and then go away and think about it. And then you really give yourself the time and the space to think about coming back to that person. 
Um, I think in situations where you don't have that time and that space, um, the tool that I use is actually, um, it's nonviolent communication, which sounds horrible, but it's nothing to do with violence. But it's a set of statements that you can use in pretty much any situation. And if you can get these four sentences in order, I guarantee you, you will be able to communicate your way through, let's say, 80 to 90% of conflict that you experience. If you are aware of your values and if you have the self-awareness and the foundation to do it, this will work. But the, the four sentences um, start with listing the facts. Okay. So somebody comes to you, they're asking you for time or energy or whatever it is. You don't want to give it to them. Or they've offended you. They're saying something that you don't like. Um, maybe you're being blamed for something that you don't think is your fault. You state the facts. And when I say the facts, I really mean the facts. You can't be throwing things in there that <laughs> that um, are open to interpretation from other people. So like emotions and anything like that. You know, I thought this, or you kind of said this, or I thought you, I thought I heard nothing yeah. like that. Right. It has to be. When you asked me to do some extra work for you um, or, you know, whatever it is, but state the facts of the situation, then you have a time to state how it makes you feel. And you can say, it makes me feel um, exhausted or it makes me feel threatened or it makes me feel unhappy or whatever it is, whatever that negative emotion is that makes you feel that your boundary is being crossed, mm -hmm. express it now, but short, clear and specific, mm -hmm. firm and direct. Be short. It should be a very short sentence. Then with your newfound self-awareness of your core values, <laughs> you can state the core value that it's in conflict with. And this is where people say, oh, no, I can't say that. I can't possibly say that to them. You're going to say it. You're going to get used to the fact that that's who you are and that's your authentic self. And you say it. So you can say it conflicts with my value of a high work ethic. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say somebody's come to you and they want to put in a report that they haven't actually written or, you know, it's really subpar or something like that. You can say, I'm sorry, but when you suggest that we put this report in, it makes me feel nervous because it conflicts with my value of high work ethic mm -hmm. and then a kind request for the future. Next time, could you just not have me involved in this situation? Or next time, I would just rather not you not ask me at all. Or next time, could you please? And that's how you're going to fit in that. And those four sentences will pretty much get you out of most conflict situations. Just uh -huh. um, take a little uh -huh. bit of self-control. Self -control. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And don't forget my suggestion to walk away as well from any situation that you find yourself in. People think they have to answer right now and right then. And it's one of the top things to think about as well. Could I get myself out of this situation right now? Not, not to, you could even just say, oh, I've been busting for a week. Can I just go for a wee and I'll come back and talk to you about this? Yeah. It can be anything. It can be, oh, I just put the kettle on. I think it's boiled. It can be absolutely anything. Come up with a couple of excuses off the top of your head. Get yourself out of the situation. Find yourself some time and some space. List these four sentences. Go back into the situation. And I guarantee you they will understand. And you will understand your own boundaries a lot better as well. Absolutely. That is something, those four sentences or statements, I, oh my goodness, I needed those. <laughs> I was teaching for, Absolutely. For, oh my goodness, it would have helped so many things in so many situations.
Yeah, it really, really does. But it, like I say, it does require the time and the space. It does require some self-awareness, a little bit of courage. Um, you have to know your core values before you can do it. You cannot use this half-heartedly. And I think that's important to stress. If you try and do this without knowing your core values, right. you know, without understanding what the facts of the situation are, you know, it, it becomes very inconsistent. And uh, yeah, so you really have to put the effort in before it works. Yes. And another important part, you know, as we wrap up, it's, I think it's super important for teachers to hear this, that when you're, you know, when you're thinking about these boundaries and you're trying to set them up, you're thinking about your core values, like doing it one or two times is not going to like solve all the boundary issues. It's a work in progress and it has to be consistent over time. Um, to establish those boundaries, which I think is pretty, pretty important. And it can be easy to forget that. So hopefully yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a very important point. And, and understanding that they change. So it's another right. way to, to understand that it's so hard to get them consistent. So, right. you know, just think of it as you're not trying to get a specific boundary to be consistent or you know, I'm going to leave the office at this time every day. That's not a that's not a healthy boundary. Your healthy boundary is, you know, based around how you feel and what those core values are. And um, then then you can make the decision to stay late if that's works within your values that day, that particular day or week. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Uh, So as we wrap up today, where could listeners, if they have questions or maybe they want to ask you some in-depth questions specific to boundaries or those four statements there at the end, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my uh, main source uh, or my main being on the internet is on Instagram. Okay. So um, I'm sure you can put the link at the bottom of this, uh, this podcast, but it's, uh, yeah. So find, find emo sense on Instagram. Um, And there you can find a lot of my content, you know, a lot of what I'm about, a lot of what I advocate for, a lot of how I can help people and help other entrepreneurs, um, as well as people with time management and organization skills and all of these things. Um, There is also for the link in the bio on there, there is access to a seven day challenge that I have created. It's completely free and it's really fun to do. Do it with a friend, do it with something else, but it's a seven day challenge to get you thinking about your core values and how this can this can help you. Okay. And the full course um, that I provide is also on that link as well. And the full course is um, a bit bigger. It starts off with boundaries, but then it goes into time management and also self-care as well, which um, follows through. They all overlap and integrate. Awesome. So you can find contact details on their website and access to all of those things as well. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Penny, for today and your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yes. All right, teachers, go out and have an amazing day. Thanks for listening.